Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, it's been a decade since we started hearing about the Shell Ethane Cracker plant in Beaver County. But what is it? What do they make there? And what does it mean for people who live close by? We're with Reed Frazier. He's an energy reporter talking about the possible economic boost and possible pollution from the massive plant. Tuesday, September 27th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Okay, Reed, so let's start super basic. What is an ethane cracker? And keep it like as simply as possible, like if you're describing it to like a fifth grader. Okay, so it's a factory that produces what everyone understands as plastic. It's the most basic plastic plant that we know of. It's in like milk cartons and toys and pretty much picture something that has plastic in it. And you're likely to have what comes out of this factory. Now, what goes into it is sort of the key thing. It's basically using a natural gas to make that plastic. So... Of all places, why did Shell pick uh, Beaver County? Shell was looking for a place to build this in this general region because there's a lot of this ethane just in the system in this part of the country and no no real outlet for it to be used as a manufacturing product. So there's a type of natural gas called ethane, what you use in your stove and in your your if you have natural gas for heat is called methane but it's got a close cousin called ethane and there's a lot of that in the natural gas found in Pittsburgh and basically there's no plant within hundreds of miles that can process it until this plant was built recently pretty much every other ethane cracker in the country the vast majority are concentrated on the Gulf Coast Louisiana and Texas so Basically, the ethane here is very, very cheap. Yeah. Also, the state of Pennsylvania offered over a billion dollars in subsidies. It's the largest state tax incentive in history. And Shell said that that was a a, a very, you know, a sort of a deciding factor for them was that they could get this billion dollar plus subsidy from the, the state of Pennsylvania. Can you describe what the plant looks like and where that's at? Yeah, so... It's it's a massive complex, really, of plants. And you, you drive right by it on Interstate 376 over the Ohio River, and it's basically a mile of waterfront that's completely dedicated to huge towers, a metropolis of pipes and coolers and reactors and fans and just like what you would imagine a, a big petrochemical plant looks like. And it's built on the site of an old zinc smelter. There used to be a zinc smelter there. And attached to it is a huge rail yard because the plastic pellets that they're going to produce are largely going to be shipped out on these rail cars. What did you say? A zinc? A zinc what? A zinc smelter. That's a, a place where you make zinc. Don't ask me about the <laughs> how you make zinc because I don't know. But you do make zinc there. So what are the pellets? The pellets are the size of lentil beans, and they are 
basically polyethylene. They're, they're sort of just your basic plastic bead, kind of like which if you ever spilled a bean bag with those plastic beans in, that's basically what those are. And they're used, you know, manufacturers take them and they melt them down and they, you know, form them into whatever product they want. But it's, it's the basic unit that is used to, in the manufacturing of plastics. Another term for them is nurdles. Nurdles is something that people in this part of the country are going to learn about because they might start showing up in the, in the environment, unfortunately. But, and how do they start showing up in, in our environment? Um, I mean, Shell has said that they're, they're you know, going to have zero, they're going to have 100% containment of the nurdles. The, the nurdles are the product of the factory. And in some places, they spill out when they're getting loaded into different containers or on, on various ships or something. So like in the Gulf Coast in Texas, um, they wash up on beaches. I've actually done reporting in Scotland near one of these plants. And there's uh, somebody took me to a beach where there's just like the whole beach is like, you know, got these, it's just nurdles all over the place, these little plastic pellets. And from from afar, they don't look like anything, but they're, you get close up and you can, um, you, you put your hand in the sand and you just see hundreds of these nurdles in, in the shore. Yeah. Okay. So why are people, why would anybody be uh, excited about this? We're talking about plastics in our water and and um in our community and and why would anyone be excited about this plant well i i mean i think to fully comprehend the the relative popularity and and i don't i can't speak to how popular this plant is but there are certainly a lot of people in beaver county who are excited about this and you know they skew to the um, Chamber of Commerce types, the elected representatives, you know, the head of the Beaver, Beaver County commissioners, they're excited about it because if you look at from the history of Beaver County, it used to be heavily involved in steel making. you know, 30, 40 years ago. Um, it sort of supported a broad middle class there. And then in the 80s, that, that, that industrial base basically collapsed. The population plummeted. And there really hasn't been anything like this in terms of industrial uh, projects until Shell came on the scene and was interested in this place. So there's like a couple medical centers there now that didn't used to be there. And some of this probably would have happened anyway. But, you know, as a couple of people who I've talked to who are sort of the booster types put it, they say, you know, this really put Beaver County on the map. But, you know, there's a sort of a hope some people think it's a misguided hope that this is sort of a, a an economic salvation for the area. So they're they're excited about the number of jobs, the the economic impact that it could have on Beaver County. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, you know, there the, the the jobs that will be at the factory are not there's there's not like a ton of jobs. There's you know the permanent jobs are six hundred. Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art. 
eat gourmet snacks, people watch, will mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party you want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. What about pollution? Is that like a real concern for the people living in Beaver County, you know, near this plant? The light pollution is one thing, but then there's air pollution, water pollution. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's going to be one of the biggest, well, it's it's permitted to be the second biggest emitter of what are called volatile organic compounds in the state, the biggest in the entire southwest Pennsylvania region, and that includes, you know, a bunch of steel plants in the Allegheny County. And these are chemicals, some of them cause cancer uh, and other serious health problems, um, so-called hazardous air pollutants like benzene and formaldehyde. And all of them, you know, uh, can form ozone uh, in certain conditions. Um, and ozone, as people with asthma know, on, on hot summer days can make it hard to breathe. If you have asthma, it's basically it burns the lung tissue once it gets inside. So there's a lot of stuff that is present in the manufacturing of plastic that if it got out into the air, it would be bad for your health. I mean, that's that's just like period. What does Shaw have to say about all of this? Is there anything that they're doing I guess to make sure these sorts of, you know, pollutants don't get into our air and in our water? Well, yeah, there is actually a lot they can do uh, as part of their permitting is that they're supposed to do leak detection and can, and repair. So like you can constantly monitor your plant, thousands of little valves and connections where these gases are passing through. You monitor your plant to see if anything's leaking out. And when you see something, you send somebody out to, to fix it. You know, I mean, well-run plants pollute less in general than not so well-run plants. So, yeah, I mean, everything everything creates pollution. Uh, when you drive your car, you're you're polluting the air in some way. I know, but to imagine a, a plant, you know, a, this massive plant sitting on on a riverfront, that seems worse than my little trip to Target. But yeah, I do I do completely understand the impact. Yes. Yeah, and and that and I'm glad you mentioned that it's on the river. I mean, one of the concerns that people in the in the area have is these things we have in Western Pennsylvania called inversions, which especially happen during the winter, like in the morning, where the weather pattern sort of puts a lid on the air in especially lower elevations, like along a river. And this is one of the big problems in the Mon Valley and in Clareton where you have a lot of pollution coming from these plants, but it doesn't have anywhere to go to escape into the atmosphere. A lot of folks are worried about that. You know, even if, you know, on a normal day, no one would smell it or feel it. If there's an inversion, that stuff can get trapped 
and there's nowhere for that air to go. And so people are potentially going to be forced to, to breathe that stuff in. At least that's the, that's the worry. I don't know. Is there, is there a bright side in any of it? I think what I'll say is this, is that we, whether we've chosen to or not, we do use a lot of plastic. It's going to be made somewhere. Shell has decided and the state of Pennsylvania has blessed the project that it should be made here. Um, I guess one thing that is different about this project and this moment is that we do know all these things now. Like It's not like it was in 1960 when the chemical industry could basically come into your community and say, we're going to make all this great stuff and it's there's no bothers about pollution. I mean, they can still say that. But we, everyone knows, including the chemical industry, that there's real hazards to this stuff. And, and if you don't watch it, and even in some cases if you do, but if you don't watch it, it can really like harm the environment. It can harm public health. They're not obviously not going to tell us everything that's going on at the plant. Uh, yeah. So, But, uh, you know, I think there's a, a lot of attention on it. And I think, you know, at this rate, that's kind of like the world we live in is we just have to watch these things and try to understand them as much as we can um, and basically have reporters like me and some other folks who are doing some really good work uh, keep an eye on this stuff. Yeah, Reed, we'll be watching for your articles and your reporting on uh, how it's impacting the community. Uh Reed Frazier is an energy reporter for the Allegheny Front. Thank you so much for joining us today, Reed. Thank you. A little more news before you go. A Pennsylvania court decided our, quote, facility fee or jock tax that we make out of towner athletes pay is unconstitutional. That fee brings in thousands of dollars that officials have always said helps us pay for these nice stadiums. But now a judge says it's not really a fee, but a tax, and one that unfairly targets these players as non-residents, and that it's discriminatory against people in the same occupation. No word yet from the city about what comes next. Penn State is going to start selling booze. After years of talking about it, the Board of Trustees agreed to give Beaver Stadium patrons what they want, and that is booze. But it's going to cost you. It's beer only, no hard seltzers, and it's $10 for a single 16-ounce domestic and $12 for specialties. So not cheap for college students. And a small request, we're working on something very fun behind the scenes here, and we'd love to hear from you. What's the strangest or most messed up thing you were taught in school about sex? Maybe it was a health teacher or a guidance counselor, a guest speaker, a pastor, or your weird friend, Blake. Uh, let us know in our DMs. You can email us at pittsburgh at citycast.fm or text us or leave us a voicemail, whichever you prefer. Um, our phone number is 412-212-8893. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Look out for tomorrow because Mallory and I are on the road again. And if you're liking what you hear, definitely subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. So we'll see you then.
Oh my God, I did see this thing about Penn State and I was like, oh God.